0: yeah boy breakdown time ufc 241 oh, what a card what a card here i am king of the couch breaking it down for you tonight This will probably take anywhere from 20 minutes to half an hour. I'm not sure how long I'll riff on here. I've got some notes in front of me, but uh, amazing card, straight up, straight off the back. It was so good. Every fight was so, so unbelievable. Uh, It's 6.12 p.m., 18th of August here on a Sunday night. Uh, Coming to you a day earlier. I'm going to do another episode tomorrow night or Tuesday night, I think. It'll just be my weekly normal one, but um, this episode is just purely about UFC. As I said... Every time I watch a pay-per-view, I'm going to be doing a breakdown of it. Um, so that'll be pretty much every four weeks. You expect a, just a sole UFC podcast. So look, let's get stuck into it. It was an amazing card. Um, there was five fights on the main card. I, did, I didn't I did catch any of the fight past prelims. I caught um, the majority of the prelims and they were all pretty good. There was a couple of um, really good fights on that. Um, the names of the people sort of escaped me because I was sort of half paying attention, half not. I had a, a Arabella at the time. But um, yeah, look the 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 as the main card from top to bottom, let's go through it. There was five fights on this one and they all looked so good. Nine times out of 10, you've got a main card for a pay-per-view and they look good, but there's maybe one, two sort of iffy fights on it. The fight nights the UFC put out are just so good of late. I've noticed since they've signed the new ESPN deal, I feel like there's heaps and heaps more fights happening. Uh, last week, they even had their first title fight on a fight night, which was Valentina Shevchenko, which was a pretty boring fight to be honest, but she came off a massive win before that, so we'll forgive her, but um, yeah, look, looking forward to this card, the last pay-per-view card was UFC 240, and I really didn't watch that, it was a, I just thought it was a poorly put-together card, it was kind of rushed to be honest, had Max Holloway on it, he's unreal, not putting down Max or anything like that, he put on a masterclass, uh, I mentioned it in one of the older podcasts, but um, yeah, it just wasn't the great, greatest card. So this 241 was a real, real fucking treat coming off the back of 240. So, and the rest of you is looking absolutely insane. So, look, let's get stuck into it. I'll go through the fights, who was fighting, and then I'll break them down individually, you know, talk as long as I need to about each fight. So, um, five fights, as I said. So we'll go through it real quick, and then I'll start at number one. We had a first first opening one was a middleweight fight. There was Derek Brunson versus Ian, the Hurricane Hynish. We had uh gabriel ben- benitez versus sodic yusuf and that was a featherweight we had yo romero versus paulo costa that was a middleweight we had anthony pettis versus nate diaz at welterweight and then we had D- daniel cormier versus stipe miocic for the heavyweight title from the top let's go fucking plug in usc fans this was a fucking good card Alright, so first off, this is a great this is a great fight to start this main card. Derek Brunson versus Ian the Hurricane Heinisch. Now I missed Derek Brunson's last fight, but I know he was coming off a win, and so was Ian Heinish. I think Ian Heinisch has had like two or three wins on the trot. So he was on a good little run here, and this was a good fight for for both these men. Derek Brunson, uh, not putting the guy down anything like that, he's had a you know, he's one of those guys. He's, I don't know say he's middle of the road, but with the right coaching, he could be a lot better. And it was pretty evident in this fight uh, as he has got a new coach in Henry Hooft. And I believe this was his second camp under Henry's uh, tutelage. So very cool to see that for him. And it, as I said, it was very evident. So both these guys coming off some wins and uh, great way to start the card. This was going to be a pretty hard fight for both fighters, I thought. I did tip Ian Heinisch. Um, I just like the look of him better. Derek Brunson, for me, he's he's a good fighter, but he's not the greatest. You know what I mean? He, he he's very hard to pick. So, just a couple little things at the top, though. They mentioned at the start of the fight, Ian Heinish has, like, he had a massive history with drugs and alcohol before he was a fucking professional fighter. He's been in and out of a few different prisons. To look at the guy, you just wouldn't pick it. I find that so bizarre. Just, he's he's a real, now he's a real positive influence for that for people doing that. He's got his own sort of charities and things like that. So, that was really cool. Uh, and he walks out to Bob Dylan's Hurricane, which I thought was pretty funny. He was just frothing on that. But um, Derek Brunson, on the other hand, as I said... He's now got a new coach in Henry Hooft, which is uh the stand-up coach for the Black So he's been responsible for producing and helping a lot of really, really good fighters, really top fighters in the UFC. So always interesting to see a lot of these these fighters that have an okay record. You know, they've clearly got potential. And then when they get in with a good coach, it just changes their whole career. And I think Derek Bronson has probably found the right coach in Henry. So It's interesting, and I'm I'm keen to see his next fight. This was a uh, a three round war, to be honest. Um, It was a pretty, I don't want to say one sided here. They were both ranked ranked fighters. I said I did pick Ian going into this, but as the fight sort of progressed, sort of you know after the first round, sort of close, you know halfway through the first round, Brunson clearly looked like he was going to be the better fighter. Um, Ian came out. Quite aggressively, very much the attacker, the aggressor. Um, he landed this beautiful head kick very, very early on in the first round, and I thought, "Fuck yeah, this is it. I'm gonna. This is the win right here." But look, much to uh, Derek's credit, he really, really did uh, put in a wonderful performance. Such a good fight. He was really sort of taking the whole counterpuncher role. Um, look, I don't know too much about Derek Bronson. I don't follow all his fights, but he definitely looked different in this fight from what I'd seen. So that was it. Was nice. It was welcomed. You know. I had him winning, Derek had Derek winning round one. Um, round two was pretty much the same as round one. It was just all Derek Brunson, you know. Besides the initial sort of minute in the first round, it, it really looked like it was all going to be Derek Brunson, even though it was quite a few punches going back and forth, back and forth. So um, Ian looked tired too. He looked he looked very tired coming into round three. It's weird, you know. You see these guys training, and they obviously train all the time. This is their job I don't know how often they train and you think, fuck, man, you got 15 minutes in there. You've trained for the better half of 12 weeks aggressively for a fight. Surely you can get through 15 minutes. Now, forgive me because I'm not a fighter. I don't know what it takes to get in the ring and stuff like that. I can't imagine the amount of energy that they're exerting in there. I have trained a little bit of fucking M- uh, Muay Thai, like socially, basically just hitting pads and things like that. And I'm usually fucking breathless. But again... I do it a couple of times a week and it's just for fun. It's not my full-time job. So I always find that quite interesting when they really are like, look like they're out of breath, you know, before the 10 minutes or 15 minutes is even up, you know. What if they're in a championship fight? They could potentially go for 25 minutes. So a lot of these guys that look like they're breathless two and three rounds, there's a lot to work on if they want to go on as their career. But look, kudos to these guys getting into the ring and getting punched in the fucking head for a living. It's got to be difficult, you know. It's got to be tough. Side note, within this fight though, I had to laugh. I thought it was really funny. Colby Covington came into the arena and the fucking booze just went apeshit. And I didn't know he'd walked into the arena until the commentator said it, obviously. And I was like, why are they booing these guys? Makes no sense. Mate, the fans are loving, hating Colby Covington. I cannot wait to see him fight again. I'm a fan. I've got to be honest. I'm a Colby fan. I've said it. I'll say it again. I like him. I like his shtick. Anyway, we'll break his next fight down when that ever happens. I'll finish out this fight. So look, Brunson was all over it. He got the win by unanimous decision. Uh, It was a great win for him. Kudos to him for winning. Great to see him with a new coach. Who knows what's next for him? He's ranked 8. I don't know what he'll be changing after this, and Ian's ranked 10. I think Ian's still got a good career at middleweight. He'll come back. This was his first loss from memory, so good fight. Great way to open this card. All right, fight two, Gabriel Benitez versus Sadiq Youssef. Um, I was really excited about this. If you look at this fight on paper, uh, this was the one that was the sleeper. I thought, and the last time I saw Sadiq Yusuf fight, I've seen him fight once or twice now. He, for a little dude, these are goes of featherweights for a little guy. Holy fuck, he hits like a motherfucking Mack truck. It was ridiculous the the pace that this guy puts on the uh, on the on the fucking punches. So I was really looking forward to this, and Gabriel Benitez, to his to his credit too, he hits fucking hard, and they both are just so fast, and just the flurries come furiously. So, so it's uh, I was really looking forward to this one. I had picked Yusuf to win. He came out of it with the win. Um, yeah, what what can I say about this fight? This was a proper fight. It was um, they weren't going to the ground. Both these guys are known for kicking and punching. I know that sounds fucking dumb because this is fighting, but. But sometimes when you get wrestlers in there or BJJ specialists, you don't really get a high level of punching and kicking. And sometimes it's just so nice to just see just two guys in there just going hell for leather. And these guys weren't just brawling. They they, they were clearly technical in their approach, and they knew exactly what they were doing. Look, Sadiq, Sadiq won, and I picked him to win, and it was a fucking good win. It was a TKO in the uh, late in round one. He just boxed him i think with the right and just come over again with the right and just that was it sort of good night to both their credit though i mean they've got a huge career for Feather both these guys yusuf's gonna make a run for the belt i can see it i look it's early days yet to call him a potential champion he's from nigeria though and there's a lot of really amazing fighters coming in africa at the moment i mean just the big ones off the top head. kamara usman obviously the welterweight champ Israel Adesanya fighting for the middleweight belt uh, later in the year in Melbourne, which we'll be going to. So there's a whole slew of a few others, but uh, he's got a bright future, this kid. Um, it, it's going to be good to watch him. And same with Benitez. Pardon me. I'm drinking a little frothy ale. Excuse that, burp. He, um, Benitez is a little Mexican fighter. Mexicans are good. They they're just built for fighting, you know. I don't know, I don't know how fucking racist that sounds, but they've just got a like a strong strong history within fighting. They're always good fighters. I mean, the Mexican boxing scene is unbelievable and there's quite a few Mexicans jumping into the UFC cage. Obviously Nate Diaz uh, appears later on this fight and he of course is a, is a Mexican, Mexican American, whatever you want to call it, but um but they're good. The Mexicans have a strong strong history with fighting. So both of these guys have uh, a very, very bright future ahead of them and it looks good for uh, for featherweight. So I was stoked with this fight. This was a real sleeper. If you haven't watched the card yet, watch this fight back because it was it was a good little biff even though it didn't even last the five minutes. Fight number three. This one was a beautiful one. I was um, I was very, very excited for this fight. This was, of course, Yoel Romero versus Paulo Costa. I mean, obviously this was a middleweight fight. But irrespective of whatever weight they were fighting at, these guys own the greatest bodies in the UFC. I mean, fuck me dead. They can make a man turn. It's ridiculous. Yo Romero's 42. He's jacked beyond all belief. It's fucking unreal. And then old Paulo Costa, he's a... Oh, my God. He just looks like a fucking male model. He's got abs that you could just fucking grate cheese on. He's got the shoulders. He's got everything... So, I mean, give credit where credit's due. Congratulations, boys. You've got some sensational bots. Now, now that we've got that out of the way, this was a fight I was really, really looking forward to. They tried to make this fight back at UFC 230, so it's been a while since this has been in the making, like a good year, I'd say. I can't remember why that fight fell apart. Uh, I think it was on Yomiro Romero's side for whatever reason, but nevertheless, these guys are fighting. They have fought now. So, Paulo was undefeated. Yo Romero is... Look, he has had a couple of defeats, but let's be honest, he's pretty much undefeated. I mean, he's come off two wars with Robert Whittaker. He's pretty much knocked everyone else out. He had a stunning knockout of Luke Rockhold and pretty much anyone else he touches. But this was always going to be a great little fight. Firstly, Paulo walked out to Dream On by Aerosmith. So I thought, I'm already a fan. That is fucking sick. Um, And Romero is just... I like the guy, I've got to be honest, he's been on Joe Rogan before, he seems like a fun dude, I've watched a lot of his, you know, snippets online that they've got, soldier of God, highly religious motherfucker, but you wouldn't want to walk into him in a dark alley, he uh, puts the fucking fear of God into you, that's for sure, so, this fight, I picked Yo Romero to win, um, he didn't win, it was a unanimous decision to Paulo, I had a split decision win, I'll be honest, to Paulo. The critics are out all over the interwebs right now, so judge, watch the fight, judge it for yourself. That's how I did it, but I'll run through the fight, you know. So, so, This was... uh, I thought this was going to be a a KO one and it nearly was quite a few times. Round one was absolutely intense and it was pretty back and forth. I've got to be real with myself. It was pretty back and forth. I did have Paulo winning it slightly. Um, There was a shot late in round... uh, Maybe four minutes into round one. Paulo got Yole in the nuts with a knee. Um, That slowed the fight right down. He nearly took the whole five minutes to recover. Um, That... When that happens, it's sort of it can be a blessing, even though getting hit in the nuts is never a blessing. But it can be a blessing for the fighters because it get it gets them to catch up a little bit of breath, especially if it looks like one of them was losing. And in this point, even though I said it was close, Yola had taken a couple of big hits. It looked like he had hit Paulo with a big hit as well, but when you watch the replay back at the at the siren, it he it was just an awkward sort of hit. You know, he he'd sort of slipped. So Round one was intense, and I thought it was going to not last the distance in round one. I really thought it was going to be a KO, but I was wrong first time this year. Round two, um, again, look, very, very close, but I did have Paulo winning round two. It was only in round three where I thought, yo, clearly won round three. So it's so hard with these sort of fights. It was such a good fight, too, that you just really didn't want it to go to the judges. I mean, look, knockouts are sick you know submissions are sick and in this business you kind of want to go one of those routes because you don't want to leave it in the hands of the judges i'm not saying that they they don't always get it wrong but they don't always get it right and you know like paulo won but there's a lot of critics out there that say yo won and all this sort of stuff but look i'm sure the fighters are happy with the result you know uh, especially the winner of course but look the fans can't be upset at the at the at the winner um you know, it's the fighters; they got to not leave it in the hands of the judges. And this fight, it wasn't like they were they were gunning for a decision; they were out there to take each other's fucking skulls clean off. So, very, very cool fight. Um, look, Yol's forty two on paper; he looks old as fuck. If you look at his body, he looks in better shape than ever. Who knows what's next for him? We got Whitaker and Adesanya fighting fighting for the belt later in the year. I mean, if Whittaker goes, wins again, uh, do, do they make that fight with Romero? Again, that'll be the third fight. I personally don't think it's going to happen. I think if Whittaker wins, he'll go on and fight maybe Paulo Costa. There's a couple of guys mulling around the top of middleweight. If Adesanya wins, then it's then it's open slather. I think maybe Joel Romero and, and Adesanya is the fight to make. But cause, you know, if he's just coming off a loss, it's like they don't want to give him the title. So who knows which way they can go. Look, if was Yoel Yo was to hang up the gloves soon enough, that'd be cool with me too. But I don't think he's ready to do that re- despite his age. And Paulo Costa, look, he's on a tear. He's 13-0 now. Um, that's a great, great fucking record. He looks sensational. He's only 28. Who knows what's next for him? I mean, we'll have to see what happens with his title fight. He's, you know, he's just beat Yoel Romero, this guy. So that's a huge, huge win. I think he personally could get the uh, get the title fight next. It would be a sick fight. just depends how Dana wants to look at it. I mean, if I think if Adesanya wins, he likes Adesanya's shtick. He likes him. He talks a bit of trash and stuff. And I know Dana does like that. So it depends if he wants to put him in there with another monster or hand him another fight with someone else. I have no idea what's next for middleweight and these two guys, but very, very excited to see them in the ring again. This was a sensational fight. This was a good one for the fight fans that carries us on to the co-main this is the one this is the one i was really really excited for i've got to be honest i mean this whole card was sick but it was the fucking motherfucking return of nate diaz i mean who didn't who does not want to see nate diaz back in the ring so this of course was nate diaz versus anthony pettis these guys um look previously lightweight fighters this fight was at welterweight they both look better at welterweight. I mean, they don't look as drained and things like that. They both had sensational careers at lightweight, especially Anthony Pettis. I mean, Nate Diaz has has had an awesome career. He's kind of like a cult hero, though. I mean, his record's 20 and 11. I mean, now it's like 21 and 11, something like that. So, you know, he's like win, loss, win, loss, win, win, loss. You know, it's 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 an okay record, really, but he's a fucking fan favorite. The guy's just as real as they come. I mean, let's let's circle back. Let's go back a bit. Um, Anthony Pettis. He's come from lightweight. He's had an exceptional career at lightweight. He was of the force champion. Oh, sorry, the WEC champion. Then he was the UFC lightweight champion. He's got the sickest highlight reel in the UFC. I mean, some of the footage that this guy's just got put together for him is unreal of course he's the he's the fucking famous fighter that runs on the side of the cage and then boom head kick everyone's seen it everyone loves it so everyone's a big fan of Showtime Pettis I like Showtime Pettis for a while though though, I was doubting him um, sitting on the sidelines you know looking at him going I think his better days are past him he had a couple of losses at lightweight and it just looked like he wasn't going to you know recoup so to speak then, of course, he had that massive war with Tony Ferguson. He he did get the the L in the end, but it was just a war. It was just, you know, going in there with Tony Ferguson, he's one of the one of the goats of the, the lightweight division. So anyone that's pitted against him, it's, you know it's going to be a war. It was a war. he came come away with the L, unfortunately. But then he's just going, fuck this, I'm going up to welterweight. He's got a fight with Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, who's had a sensational record, and he's fucking dangerous as shit. And... Out of nowhere, in this fight, Pettis just completely flattens Wonderboy with this sensational knockout that just... I don't think anyone saw it coming. So, first fight at Welterweight. This is his second fight at Welterweight. There was big, big hype around Anthony Pettis at Welterweight. And and look, he... Look, I won't say it just yet, but he still got a lot of... Uh, still got a lot of hype at Welterweight, I believe. This was a great fight. But of course... He was versing Nate Diaz, Stockton 209. The guy's a fucking G. He's a gangster of the highest order. At least that's what he thinks, anyway. (laughs) But I'm a fan of Nate Diaz. You know, I'm a massive Conor McGregor fan, but I'm also a massive Nate Diaz fan because of the the chalk and cheeseness of those fights that they had together. You know, it made me more of a fan for Nate when I saw him pitted against Conor McGregor and, and just those that the second fight especially the wars that they had together um how could you not like Nate Diaz so anyway let's go a little bit back with Nate Diaz he is coming off a 3 year layoff basically i didn't know it had been 3 years i knew it had been a while but 3 years is is a long fucking time so Go back a bit. The f- the two fights he had before this were, of course, the famous bouts with Conor McGregor. Um, he'd had a fucking heap of wars before Conor. Um, I think before the Conor fight, he had the Michael Johnson fight when Conor's fight fell apart with Rafael dos Anjos. Dos Anjos, whatever the fuck you say his name. RDA. Well, let's call him RDA for this sake. Nate Diaz put his hand up. Conor said yes, and history was in the making at that point. The first fight with Conor, of course... You know, it went all in Nate Diaz's favor. It started a little bit good for Connor, and then it just was bang on the chin, and then the choke, you know. So that really pushed Nate Diaz into the stratosphere, so to speak. So, and then he was a household name after that. I mean, MMA fans knew Nate Diaz, MMA casuals, I hate that term, but they knew Nate Diaz after he beat Connor McGregor. So um, I'm sure that Connor and Nate have this love-hate relationship they're, they're both very similar in a lot of ways and so very different in a lot of ways but um look I suppose you know Nate Diaz can stand on his own two feet 110 percent but I mean thanks to Connor for sort of blowing him up even more so and those fights they're historical they're so good so coming off the back of that first one of course then they had the rematch Connor demanded the rematch got the rematch because he he pretty much can do what he do what he likes in the UFC um Dana loves him so why not but um and then that was the, the five round war Connor McGregor got the win in the end and then and look depending whose fan you were it was a arguable win I I love Conor, so I of course thought he won and I did think he just pipped him in the end but um it was very close you know not like the first fight so uh, getting off track here I would like to see a third fight. Let's put it out there. I definitely would like to see a third fight with Conor um, McGregor and Nate Diaz, but who knows what's going to happen in the future, you know? Conor sort of out of the UFC game, and Nate Diaz is right back in there. So this could entice Conor back, but uh, we'll get into that in, in another five minutes. But let's look at the fight at hand. We had Anthony Showtime Pettis versus Nate Diaz. Um, what's not to like? This is going to be a great fight. It was a three-rounder. It would have been sick as a five-rounder. I think that the UFC should start doing that. I know they reserve the five-rounders for the title fights, but some of these really, really cool big fights, you'd love to see them go five rounds just in case they, they see out the three rounds because people are so excited about these fights. This one went three rounds. Um, I had Nate. I picked Nate. Um, let's run through the fight. Nate, it was, you know, I had him round one. I definitely had him round two um and he round three you know it it was it was good there was a couple of moments in the fight for pettis i thought i i was surprised at pettis and how you know it, it, some of these fighters you see them you know he, he comes off a win like the knockout with Wonderboy boy and it looks so good it's spectacular but wonder boy gave him the range he needed to get off the shots you know he gave him the distance and that's what a fighter like anthony pettis needs Nate Diaz on the other hand he's a dirty boxer you know he gets in the face he's a he's a ground specialist so it was a total different fight and it was evident that Nate Diaz was just shutting him down you know he was in his face in his grill um, dirty boxing him just not really letting him have anything and it really it showed Pettis he just he, he couldn't do much you know he couldn't really do much and by round three the start of round three I, I, I genuinely thought Pettis looked pretty tired just from the pressure of Nate and Nate has such a I really think he has an awkward style. It's a weird style. He's got this sort of long, sort of tall, lankyish sort of body. He's got a wicked reach on him. And he sort of does and the Stockton slap. It's the it's the slap heard around the world. It's fucking famous, you know. And, and most of the punches he throws, it's like this flailing sort of arm. It almost looks like a slap, you know, 90% of the time. And he's just got this real gangstery sort of look about him the whole time. He comes forward and, and the pressure's unreal. So it was a unanimous decision win for Nate um i i that was the right decision i'll be honest it was no split nothing about it it was a unanimous decision for nate he shut pettis down um as i said i don't think that pettis is done with welterweight and i don't think that he should be done with welterweight this was just a it was a big fight for pettis you know what i mean um highlight reel aside nate nate's no slouch and i think with the he's kind of one of those fighters I don't know how to say it but like he's kind of just gonna get better and better with time he's had three years off and he come back and he looked pretty unreal you know what I mean I think the next fight for him to make is is a quick one is a quick turnaround if Nate wants it I'd like to see him in the ring again but look great fight this was a this was a fight fans fight you know um there was no knockout there was but there was there was a bit of everything you know there was there was punching there was kicking there was groundwork. There was a there was a point in round three. I thought they were going to call it. It was um it it could have been stopped. I thought Pettis didn't look out, but it didn't look like he was defending himself from the punches and stuff like that. And sometimes, as a fan, you're watching it, and and the refs can be a bit overzealous. They can stop it too soon, or they can stop it too late. So I know the refs have a hard job. But watching that, I thought ah oh, they could have called it, you know. But kind of glad they didn't. Kind of went the distance. It was good that you know. Uh, pettis after he got out of that onslaught from nate he, he wasn't out or anything like that he just wasn't going to come back you know so um very very cool fight very very glad nate got the win he's uh he's a fucking gangster you know what i mean he's, he is a superstar love him or hate him he is he, he has got that appeal about him and what a fucking gangster at the end of the fight everyone wants to see him get on the mic and he course gets on the mic you know and the first thing he does is call out jorge masvidal in the coolest fashion too you know what i mean he was giving props to him and things like that and he said i've fucking been out so long that because all these fighters are boring but he goes he's a gangster but he ain't seen no west coast gangster like me so something like that anyway i'll fucking do it disjustice but uh it was cool you know it was a cool cool way to call someone out masvidal was loving it i saw an interview before the fight you know he's there doing all his thing as well and he was stoked if he could get a fight with nate diaz and look i know masvidal called out connor and nate's got that history with connor so this could be a whole fucking weird scenario that they've just built up here you know for connor to come back into the mix if i can just speak about connor for two seconds i don't want to see him rematch khabib not yet i want to see him fight someone else you know so these two fights could be good for Conor, but Nate Diaz and Jorge Masvidal—that's the fight to make. That's the fight the UFC fans wanna wanna see. And look for me, I like both those guys. I got time for time and love for both those guys. So whoever won, I'd be I'd be stoked for. But um, we will see. Time will time will tell. I don't know who to pick in that fight, but Nate Diaz, Jorge Masvidal. I reckon December thirty first, they're gonna make that and it's going to be a co-main. Obviously, there's no belt, so that could be the the New Year's Eve card. So you heard it here first, but welcome back, Nate Diaz. Stockton motherfucker. What a gangster. How cool was that? Which carries us on, of course, to the main event. I'm going to finish this and I'll wrap this podcast up. But this was a good fight. I was stoked for this one too. This was Daniel Cormier versus Stipe Miocic. This was, of course, the rematch for the heavyweight title. First fight happened about 13 months ago. So, a little a little time has passed. Um, the first fight, how did that go? DC beats DP. <laughs> That's how it fucking went. He beat him quickly too in the first round. He got it quite in his face and planted him with a right and knocked him out. And it was over. It was uh, over pretty quickly, you know? So, so where to from there? But let's be honest, DC uh, for me, look, I like the I like the guy. I, I he's one of he is a Probably one of my favorite fighters. You know, like I like a lot of fighters. There's not many fighters I don't really like. So I've got time for DC, but the audience is divided on DC. People either love him or they hate him. Um, and more often than not, the people that I've come across really don't like him. Shout out Matt Lancashire. You you hate the guy. I can't see why, but you're a big John Jones fan, so maybe that's what it is. I think people that love John Jones really do not like DC. I got another mate, Dan James, up here. He hates DC, loves John Jones. Maybe that's the uh maybe that's the thing. Love JJ, hate DC. Anyway, I like DC. So I was excited for this rematch. Go back a little bit. DC has had a career at heavyweight, then into the USC, he's had a career at light heavyweight, and then he's gone into heavyweight. So he's he's been up and then down and then up in a couple of different organizations. So this was a good fight the first time round. I was excited to see this fight. Stipe Miocic, on the other hand, he's no slouch. I think he's the winningest heavyweight title holder in the UFC, which he had three wins on the trot, three title defenses, which is pretty good. doesn't sound like a lot, but that's pretty good, especially at heavyweight. These guys fucking hit hard up there. So this first time around the sun, it was going to be an interesting fight to watch. And, and look, it I think it was over too quick, you know, in the initial fight and it was a good one to run it back considering that Stipe had such a such a good sort of record at heavyweight and it was, it was DC's first fight at heavyweight, but of course the fight was made 13 months later. It looked like DC was potentially going to retire. He was gunning for a Brock Lesnar fight. Brock Lesnar is a UFC heavyweight. Uh, he has been a champ in the past, but everybody commonly knows Brock Lesnar from the WWE, you know. Um, that's where I first knew about Brock. Um, and then he went into from the WWE, he went into the UFC and I think back to the WWE. So most of his career, he's been a, been a wrestler, you know, he's a big man mountain sort of thing. And he's a big draw ticket. Uh, I've never been a massive Brock Lesnar fan in the UFC. I mean, he's got some great wins. I'm not putting down the guy or anything like that. Definitely wouldn't be putting him down because he's way bigger than, and scarier than me. But, um, Money-wise, DC, that's the fight he wanted to make, and I can't blame the guy. I mean, he's like in his twilight years of his fight career, and he wants a fucking huge payday, and then, you know, right into the sunset. I cannot blame the guy. We all love a dollar. We all love a fucking million more. So that never eventuated, though. Where does DC go from here? Does he go back to the JJ rematch at light heavyweight? That wasn't going to happen, and I'm glad it hasn't happened. And It hasn't happened yet, and I hope it doesn't happen. But anyway... The the most logical point for DC was to fight Stipe Miocic again. Viewers were going to tune in. They did tune in. This fucking whole thing was a sellout. And uh, again, this was this was a good fight. Fans fight. You know, um, I like both these fighters, and I thought it was going to be an interesting fight. I had picked DC to win um look he didn't win I'll break the fight down of course but um it was a great fight you know I, I wasn't ruling out Stipe because he's a slouch or anything like that I just I just really think DC's a great fighter you know he's, he's very well rounded but um but look it was let's go through this fight it was a five round one this was a title fight for the heavyweight title so Straight out the gate, DC's pressure its just intense. He's a wrestler, you know, and this is what wrestlers do. They just get in your face. They're on you like a fucking rash. They're hitting you. They're hugging you. They're fucking wrestling you. Like, when I say hugging you, it's an aggressive, I'm going to strangle you to death sort of hug. But the pressure from DC in round one was, was exceptional. Um, Stipe, I thought he did look a bit out of his element, out of his depth again. I was like, oh, here we go. This could be a repeat of fight one. Nevertheless, we got through round one. I had DC for round one. Going into round two, this is a really, really good round. Um, this is where the fight really opened up for me personally. This was a very even round. It really showed uh, showed some of Stipe's boxing, it showed more of DC's skilled, skills, Sorry, but it just was good because they were both fighting. You know, there was a lot of a lot of shots traded. There was a cheeky little eye poke from DC sort of halfway through the round. Stepe was looking like he was trying to signal the ref, like, "Hey, my eyes fucking been poked. Can you slow it down?" I think Herb Dean, he was the ref, if I am not mistaken. He didn't slow it down. He didn't want to. Anyway, blast through round two. Uh, look, could have gone Stepe as well. I can't really recall, but DC one. We'll go Stepe two. Round three very much the same this this fight just kept getting better and better and better round 3 for me was dc going into round 4 i was thinking here we go this is going to go the distance and dc is going to get the win you know he started he was peppering Steve. stepe was giving it back don't don't get me wrong it was just coming off the for me the heavy round one for dc that could have been the the swing if it was even rounds the whole fight being a title defense you you kind of want the uh the challenger to to really win like, you know, quite unanimously if they can't get the KO the submission. Nevertheless, round four was the fucking turn. Stipe just he flicked the switch in his brain and he just turned his whole game up and he just started hitting DC with body shots. It particularly from the left the left arm. And he hit him with a couple of just fucking bangers. Now, DC's got a solid gut on him, but you could tell it was hurting him. And he must have got him with five, six, seven. It was just bang, you know. And then it was the bang left in the guts and then the bang right for the face. And look, Stipe got it. He got the TKO on on DC round four. And it was sensational, you know. It was a friggin' fucking damn good fight. Damn good way for Stipe to turn it around in round, round four. He looked like a different fighter um, in round four. But, you know, credit to Stepe. The guy's no slouch. He's a pretty sure he's a Golden Gloves boxing champion. He's had a great career in the UFC. The guy's a fucking fireman. He's a proper, proper man. But um, it was just really, really good to see these guys fight again. Um, Stepe got the win. What's next for these guys? I do not know. Um, I can't even think who's the top heavyweight right now. You've got Francis Ngannou up there, of course. Seeing Ngannou's lost to Stipe before and quite devastating loss, I thought. You know, Stipe really outclassed him. So do they make that fight again? I don't know. Um, Who knows what's next? I'll have to look at the stats. I haven't even, forgive me, I haven't even looked at the the rankings yet to see what's happening up there. But um, who knows? Good to see Stipe back. Good to see him with the belt. Pardon me. DC, on the other hand, where does he go from here? Um, The guy's getting old. He's got a great commentary job with the UFC. He's done it all. You know what I mean? The only thing he hasn't done is beat John Jones. And I know that's a real thorn in his side. I look, not sticking up for the guy. I don't think it matters. Yeah, people go, he's not the goat because he hasn't beaten John Jones. And the goat is a term that, you know, it means greatest of all time. We throw it around like it's fucking tins of beer that get thrown to stone cold you know what I mean there's numerous fucking thrown so I don't think that even though he's lost to to John Jones twice I don't think that that means he's had a subpar career the guy's had a great career and he is one of the greatest of all time so who knows what's next for him uh my mate Matt Lancashire he wants to see DC and John Jones for the heavyweight fight you know That could be their third fight. It's their first fight at heavyweight. It's not for a belt. I just don't see it happening if it's for a belt. I mean, John Jones has a belt. DC doesn't. If DC had the belt coming out of this fight, I could really see a play for this fight being made. I also don't think John Jones wants to jump to heavyweight. He has said it in saying that he's also called out Brock Lesnar before he got done for drugs yonkers ago. So that guy's a bit all over the fucking shop too. So who knows what they want. I haven't had a chance yet to watch the press conferences or anything like that. But no doubt, I'm sure DC will talk about retirement in some way, shape, or form. Look, I don't know if he'll retire. He may have another fight. I just don't know what it will be. The guy wants money. Title fights produce the most money. I can't see him going down to light heavyweight again to fight John Jones for the third time. And I don't know if they're going to do it uh, a third fight with Steve Miocic. So where does he go? You know what I mean? He's at home at heavyweight in terms of the way he, his body reacts to it. The light heavyweight cut is is, is, is too harsh on him. So who the fuck knows? Anyway, UFC 241. It was a fucking sick card. Very, very fun to watch. An absolute treat for the fight fan. Where to next? UFC 242 in Abu Dhabi. Khabib... Nurmagomedov versus Dustin Poirier. I'll be back in your ear holes to break down that in a month's time. We're looking at September 7th. Actually, it's less than a month, so I'm excited to bring that to you. But uh, look, that's the King of the Couch signing off for this evening. I'll see you this week for the other podcast. Have a beautiful evening.